1: 101 podcast, hosted by yours truly, Emily White, author of Interning 101. All right, welcome to I believe episode 11 of the Interning 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily White, and we have a really special treat for you today. I am at Hofstra University out on Long Island, and we are going to interview five students from Hofstra's MISA program, which is a national organization that stands for Music Entertainment Industry Student Association. Yes. Cool. And I I truly believe this is one of the best MISA programs in the country. Um, no offense to anyone I might be offending here, but um, yeah. when I was at Northeastern University, I wasn't even involved in our MISA program. Um, maybe they did have good things going on, and I just didn't know. But it's really what the students make of it, just what it, you know, just like it is with any program. So, first, let's go around. Um, let me know your name. Uh, let's do major, where you're from, if you can remember all this stuff and internships you've done or internships you would like to do and maybe your year, but you get the gist of it. Like, who are you? What are you all about? So Matt, go ahead.
2: All right. Well, my name is Matt Terci. Uh, name major. Okay. Uh, music business major. I'm from Long Island, New York. I've interned at the student run record label here at Hofstra called Unispan Records. Uh, I've interned at Falcon uh, Music. I've interned at Cork USA. I have an internship right now uh, doing marketing for Sony Music. And things I would like to do in the industry is probably try and work on a touring aspect um, before I get out of college, see if I like the touring aspect of the industry.
1: And what year are you? I'm a senior. Great. Ms. Marley? <laughs>
0: Hi there. My name is My name is Marley. I'm a senior, double major in public relations and music. And past internships I've had, um, actually, my first music internship was with Emily, with her Woo. campaign. I voted, so we'll be talking about that today later on in the podcast. Um, I've also interned with the Wild Honey Pie in Brooklyn, and I'm currently interning at a recording studio in Belmore called Dream Studios. Um, I'm from Long Island, so I've been doing a lot in the New York area, but when I graduate, I'd love to explore outside of New York, perhaps do a tour with So Far Sounds so I can do something with my own music, hopefully release my own EP album in 2019 at some point is a big goal of mine. And. Maybe uh, maybe do a 9-to-5 job. We'll see what happens, because I really enjoy teaching music lessons, and that's not a 9-to-5. So I'm still figuring it all out, but I look forward to every new day
3: because I'm doing what I love.
1: Awesome. And what year are you? Are you a senior? Yes. Great.
3: Hi, I'm Jill Green. Um, I'm a junior music business major and a marketing minor. Um, I'm from Connecticut, and in the past I've interned with a local symphony in my home state and I also, over the summer, did a internship with a consultant company. What do you want to do? I would love to be an entertainment lawyer. That's like my goal, but um, if law school doesn't work out, I'd like to be in publishing or licensing.
1: Great. Keep me posted on all <laughs> that. Oh, and sorry, are you a senior? i'm a junior junior okay cool go ahead leila
4: um uh, my name is Layla. Layla, sorry Um, i'm a freshman um music business major and i'm from connecticut i haven't done any internships so far but um, i would like to
1: you're in the right place do you have any idea what you want to do in the industry i didn't when i was your age i just (laughs) knew it was music industry
4: i'm not quite sure i would like to work in a um, recording studio or i've always thought that even just like touring around with bands and performing with bands would be really
1: cool. So you're a musician? I am. Great. What do you play? I play the violin. Nice. I love violin. Awesome.
5: Uh, Hi, I'm Kylie Schmoyer. I'm a senior music business student. Um, I'm from Blackwood, New Jersey. And in the past, I've interned with Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters, Milkboy recording studios, Milkboy venues, and then I did an A and R internship at Mom and Pop, and I'm currently doing an A and R internship at Columbia Records. In the future, I'm just super open to any opportunity in the music industry that I can get.
1: Yeah, awesome. And where are you from? Uh, Blackwood, New Jersey. Okay, great. Why did any of you choose Hofstra? I mean, I'll be
5: I'll be brutally honest. It was. Um, Hofstra gave me a lot of money and it was the uh, school closest to New York City that nice. I got accepted to. Free tweet.
3: <laughs> In addition to that, I also like the outreach. So, there, a lot of people were like calling me or like emailing me, and it wasn't like a mass email. It was like a personal, like reaching out. Do you have any questions? Um, my voice teacher offered to give me like a free lesson to like see if I would like it. So, I like that.
1: And how do you feel about your music business program?
3: I really like it so far
0: at the moment. At first it was uh I was kind of annoyed or a little upset per se because the program seemed a little prehistoric mm-hmm. when I first
1: got here. How so? And I and it's not a diss on no, anything. I love but, the
0: program now. Yeah. It's definitely grown to accommodate with what the students want and that's I'm really grateful for. Mm-hmm. And I think the situation was that we only had one music business class at the moment when I was a freshman, and that was really intimidating for being right next to NYU that has like a whole extreme plethora of amazing resources. Then our, uh, our savior, Terrence, came <laughs> and <laughs> started to rescue the program. And what's Terry's here. last name? Tompkins. Professor Terrence Tompkins. We call him Terry. He's really great. And yeah, so he's already added, like, how many classes has he added already?
3: too many to count, probably like nine or so. Yeah. We have
0: a whole bi- music business minor now that wasn't even allowed back then when I was a freshman, just three years ago. And he's already taken us to Las Vegas. and For what? For Not just to for gamble. The, <laughs> for the Vegas Music Summit. Yeah, there was only one person who was 21 and I don't even think she gambled. But, <laughs> but we did see a cool museum <laughs> and we did get a lot of conferences and panels. And experience from that we met a lot of networks who later on got to speak at our annual music conference and i would say it was the best music conference that nisa hosted so far and
1: yeah you guys are amazing um your conference was way more organized than Regular conferences. So, <laughs> well,
0: thank you, thank Kylie. <laughs> yeah,
1: so, so good job on that. And yeah, it's it's exciting to hear how Terry has really revolutionized this program. It's so key to get people like that who have such deep industry experience, and but he also has great teaching experience. He was at Drexel. I think he was at Ohio State or something, a school in Ohio. School Ohio. So that's yeah, great. Jackson. It's really important um, as far as music business goes that universities embrace people like that because I think this has evolved a little bit, but when I was in school, there was always like, well, they have to have a master's or they have to have whatever. Yeah. And one of my most impactful professors who actually published interning 101, um, he had just sold Disc. He owned a legit record label, and then he wanted to get hired full Time and there was issues because he didn't have whatever degree. Now he's teaching at like Brown and Berkeley and he's fine. But um, (laughs) I'm glad to hear that um, schools are more open to. I mean, maybe maybe Terry has a doctorate for all I know. But
0: yeah, (laughs) exactly. I I think the school just sees who's
2: most qualified.
1: You mentioned NYU. Do any of you guys feel like inferior to that? Matt does.
2: Um, When I went on a interview. Uh, I don't remember where I went on an interview, and they said that they take one person from Hofstra and one person from NYU, and NYU's program is always so much better, and the interns are always so much more ready when they come from NYU. This
1: was an an internship this, interview.
2: This was an yeah. internship interview, that hit me hard. Yeah. Like, did I make the wrong decision? No. But because of like our professor Terry Tompkins, it. It's changing and that's not yeah. going to be the same thought process that's going in people's heads. It's gonna be either better or just as equal to
1: NYU. Yeah, and I, I asked that question because I don't think you guys should feel that way at all, you know, but it, it's it's interesting. I'm from the Midwest but Long Island is, is really a unique place. Cause to me, you guys have all the opportunity in the world. Like what, it's a 30, 40 minute train rides in the middle of Manhattan. I mean, that is way more of an opportunity than people in other parts of the country. But also, you know, it's like, I was speaking to a student this week. Um, who's at the university of North Texas and she's a musician and maybe considering industry as well. Her family lives in Austin and I was talking to her about colleges. I'm so glad I got an email from her mom two minutes before where the mom basically said, well, if she wants to be a musician, she should stay in state, but if she wants an industry career, um, maybe she should go into debt and try to get into NYU or whatever. And I was like, no, don't do that. Um, there's so many ways to build an industry career and you guys are at an awesome university. You're so close to the center of the universe, let alone the music industry universe. So that whoever told you that is wrong
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i don't think a lot of people who are in the industry are really realizing yet how much work we've been growing yeah especially because it's only been the past very few years but at the same time i feel like it's a little inconsiderate for them to just tell someone
1: (laughs) yeah i and that's fascinating to me because you know i graduated 15 years ago or something and you know people older than me would say oh music Business major, you know, what's that? I didn't need that. So now it's like, I guess at least we've evolved to people, you know, understanding the value of that. But at the same time, like, you're going to be successful or not, honestly, no matter where you go. Like, that musician I talked to, I told her a bunch of things she could do in Denton, Texas you know, three hours from Austin. And that's what's awesome about the modern music industry. You can create a career anywhere Um, as well as, you know, I'm I'm talking a little bit about being a musician, but also on the industry side because uh, you can record from anywhere, you can distribute from anywhere, you can, there's venues, you know, everywhere. Well, I started talking about being a musician again, but there are venues and promoters everywhere. So you can always go work at a venue, street team, you know, stuff like that. So let's talk about, um, not to leave you out, Layla, but some of your internships. You don't have to be specific because uh, almost everyone has done more than one. But what did you like? What did you learn? And then let's also talk about maybe, you know, things that frustrated you. Any- anyone?
0: Okay. So I've had a few internships. And the first one that I like actually considered an internship was the one with you, Emily. I, I was just very inspired by like what you were trying to start with i voted and those and then you were like hey we could use some interns and i was thinking at the moment i was like kind of interning for this modeling agency like i couldn't even get a music one at the time for for the internship for i voted it was cool for the semester i was doing it i liked that i could kind of work with my own time it, like we did have we have locations generally in new york and california but um since i have class all day i'm a double major it's very it's a lot of work it's very strenuous with 18 credits a semester and then i also have two jobs aside from that to help with my commute getting my food and all that so i was able to work with my two-hour breaks here and there rather than having to go all the way to the city and not be able to do all my classes. So it was definitely helpful in that way. I was getting experience. I got to learn how to use Slack, which we actually (laughs) talked about right before the podcast, how it's so handy with the music industry. And I got to learn how to make really good pitch letters, which was nice. Like Emily started out with like a template that I worked with and I got to help out with social media too, like kind of like putting um, putting the bio for I voted and like helping with little graphics here and there. So I got to dabble around a whole bunch of different things. Um, I think by the end of it, like, the part that I, I realized I didn't like was that <laughs> like I learned how to make an awesome pitch letter and that's awesome. But I realized I didn't like pitching that much. Right. And that and I think what really it really helped me realize is that, like, I can't keep lying to myself about what I want to do. Like I what I want to do is I want to make music and I want to travel and I want to make friends and I want to inspire others to do the same. And know it's not impossible. And
1: so I'm going to give a legal disclaimer and also give basically my elevator pitch. So um, I voted Activate's venues uh, to let fans in on election night who show a photo of themselves outside their polling place. legal disclaimer, anyone can take a photo outside of a school, a church, you know, the places people vote. So mm-hmm. you actually don't have to vote to participate And I Voted, but we're hoping that people will take the 10 steps into the school or the church to actually vote, mm-hmm. not to mention all of the artists and promoters and things like that, that are reminding everyone as a part of their marketing and their social media and stuff like, hey, it's election day, like, please vote. Because like you said, it's like, you guys are so busy as students, I'm busy as an entrepreneur, like sometimes And I get up early like sometimes I don't get around to vote till like four o'clock and it's like there are like single parents and people that work multiple jobs and so you know voter disenfranchisement is is a real thing in the United States and just the fact that our elections are usually on Tuesdays but our most recent New York primary primary was on a Thursday which is totally confusing Um, in France I believe they vote on Sundays and i'm not really religious but it's like people go to church and then they vote you know they have the day off Mm -hmm. so tuesdays that's like my busiest day of the week so all good um jill tell us about some of your internship experiences
3: yeah so um, i started in high school i was interning at my local symphony i walked right from high school to the symphony so that was kind of amazing made friends with the doorman of a bank um (laughs) But I was uh, kind of just like doing administrative tasks like they would give me stuff to file. Um, I remember organizing like their file cabinet. I would like stuff envelopes, asking for money. And the most rewarding part of that experience was um, getting to know some of the local people. Mm-hmm. Um, my One of my friends, he's really cool. His name is Dr. DeLuise. Um He plays clarinet and he's kind of like he was the most active guy on Facebook, so he would just respond to like all my social media posts, and um, we became really good friends. So I really liked like the kind of like networking aspect of that. And then this summer, I did an internship with a consulting company. It's a startup, so um, there was like a lot of work to do. But um, one of my issues with it this summer is that um, I felt like I was doing a lot of work that um, like I should have been. Being like paid some sort of right. compensated for transportation yeah and I wasn't and it was like I was a full time employee right without getting like the the benefit or at least you know because my train ticket each time I go totally
1: it's not cheap
3: it's like for Connecticut it's like peak train tickets can be up to twenty one dollars totally yeah and then the train station is like forty five minutes from my house yeah so my commute would be like three to four hours depending on traffic. So I was just like kind of got a little disillusioned by that. I'm now in the process of looking for something that is not a startup, so that there's kind of more established work paths and there's like a set goal. And,
1: you
3: know, I mean, my position said one thing, but in addition to that, I was like graphic designer, marketer. Um, I was like calling the artists to like check where they're Production schedules were at. I was talking to venues. I was like doing all this stuff, and it felt a little um, confusing.
4: To yeah. Me.
3: Um, but I did make some friends that way too. So hoping that after I leave at the end of the month, they will carry on being my friends. So.
1: Yeah, it's a good. You're. It's a good time to be confused, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. It's better to be overwhelmed now and start to sort through this stuff, and yeah. you know. I think it's really important, even though it's so difficult, to not have expectations before you go into a situation. So you might think that a more established company is going to have a more organized process. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that they don't. And Mm -hmm. so what's cool about working at a startup but people just have to be prepared for is what you just said, like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing 8 million things. But you're also gaining that many more skills. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you ask them about travel costs?
3: I did. They just... Do not have the funds to pay anyone except the boss, Um, and I mean, also there were issues with that person being like um, not the best boss in the world. Right, and it was just like by the time I realized it was a bad situation, yeah, it felt like I felt bad backing out,
1: right? Because
3: so many people had left the team for that reason, sure. And at that point, I was like, I'm like the only one left. That's amazing. Do like. And then even I had to say step back. It's like, you know, your mental health and your yep. like physical health always comes first and I just couldn't do it. Like this sister yeah. is just I mean, I'm an e board member. Yeah. Nisa, that's a lot of work.
1: Absolutely. So I
3: had to take a step back, and be like, you know, this thank you for the experience. I know so many more skills now. But yeah. I need to go and I don't like how this company
1: is like being run, so I'm just going
3: to step back. Yeah. No malice, just Of course.
1: Isolation. Absolutely. And again, like internships are such a great opportunity to figure some of that stuff out, because yeah. what if that was your first entry-level job, mm-hmm. you know? And hopefully, you would be all about the golden rule anyway, but it's, it's just such a good reminder that when you're in a position where you're overseeing interns, you know, having that compassion of like, well, maybe we can figure out, you know, reimbursing um, for travel and stuff like that. Um, But I will say um, the Supreme Court laid out um, what an internship is and what an internship isn't. And for me, at at least at our company, the the rule that I take the most seriously is as far as being unpaid, um, they cannot, uh, you guys cannot replace, you can't replace paid work. So... At our company, um, interns are unpaid until they have skills, which usually happens pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless I can just give you stuff to do and you know how to do it, well, that's exactly like what the internship is. But as soon as we can give you stuff to do and you know how to do it, then, then you get paid. So just be aware of that. I mean, how, how do you guys feel about this topic that we're talking about? Because internships are, are a really controversial issue, which you may know.
3: when i was going through this stress like i actually talked to kylie because like she kind of like went through like a similar thing and it's like you have to know like you know at what point is this like extra and like not worth it yeah you know it's like you're there for a specific task and um sometimes above going above and beyond is like it's like not so great yeah you know so It's tough. It's tough.
1: And I think you did the right thing by talking to a peer and talking to a classmate. Like That's a huge benefit of music business programs. Like You don't need a music business program to be in the music industry. Like I said, everyone older than me likes to make that crystal clear or, or they used to. But to me, one of the huge values is going out and having these experiences, good, bad, whatever, bringing it back into the classroom and into MISA and into your student record label being like, okay, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. Work, you know, instead of just like going home being like, what was that?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I didn't have like this club and like Terry, um, it would be like really tough or like my parents, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're not in the industry, but like they know when a job is like bad,
1: absolutely. <laughs> so,
3: I guess like that's the best advice is like, uh, you know, like go with your gut if it doesn't feel like yep. right, it's probably not right. Yeah, so
1: agreed. I mean. I had an internship that I almost quit, and I stuck with it, and it led to like a really great mentor for me. So I personally think, unless something unethical is going on, you should try to stick it out because you don't know, you don't know what's going to come of it. But if something unethical is happening, tell me, tell Kylie, tell your supervisors, tell your parents. Um, but but yeah, I, I do think people should try to stick it out you know, if possible, but you brought up something really important and that is balance and wellness. Um, let's put it on the freshmen. How's your first few weeks of college going? How are you handling everything?
4: Um, I'll be honest. It was really hard. Yeah. Um, I think really just transitioning. I'm, well, can I be like brutally honest? Please. I don't think my high school prepared me for college. Um, it's just like, like different learning really. I feel like where I went to school, it was just kind of like, you know, here's what we're going to do. You're going to have a quiz in like a week. And then like a week later, there'll be a test or whatever. Yeah. Now it's just kind of like, you have to teach yourself a lot. Right. Which, um, it's hard for me to just like understand. And it's very intimidating because a lot of my classmates are like, oh, it's just so easy. I'm like, well, not for me. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, it was very intimidating, but now I'm starting to get a handle on things. And like, I'm going to a tutoring session today because I have a test tomorrow. But, um, I am really excited. Like, I've never been more excited about learning new things. Good.
1: I think something that's really important when people feel like their high school didn't prepare them is to take advantage of all the resources that colleges do offer because like you said it's not always mandatory to go to office hours or join clubs or do internships and stuff like that so it can be very easy to get lost in that um but you're the only freshman who showed up today you know and you've got these great resources around you so you're already doing it and you you just have to keep doing that
5: can i say something about like the internship experience please yeah um just because in the beginning of my internships um I did a lot of like general work and you know every day I was like cleaning the toilets and you know seriously oh, wow. yeah I was. you're gonna have to tell me toilets? after the fact where that was okay you should not be doing that this I was know. what she helped me with yeah so I will you know. yeah cleaning toilets well that was honestly my own um they said to clean the bathroom but it was more like my own personal self I was like this bathroom is disgusting yeah. and this is a place of oh. work so gonna clean it so it's nice um that is fucked
1: up there's no other <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) phrase for that
5: yeah I yeah like sometimes like the work that I was doing felt like should I be doing this like I I want to be doing other things but honestly like I I was cleaning all the time and eventually I you know because I was putting in like extra work and like making sure everything was nice I eventually got close with like the owner and got to like sit in on sessions and things like that um You know, that was like a really great opportunity for me and everyone in the office, like noticed like that I was cleaning and doing like extra things. Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm shaking my head. Yeah, I feel I just think that I came from like, you know, how I was raised was, you know, no one you're being taken advantage of. But like, you got to put like your time in and, you know, um, do the stuff that no one else at the office is really going to want to do. And why don't they
1: have a cleaning person?
5: I don't know. Come on. Well, yeah. Um, yeah okay, so know. your
1: attitude is going to make you successful because I understand what you're saying is like, yeah. no matter the task, I'm going to do it well. Yeah. And that's um, just, super, super important. Yeah, my but interns listening, students listening <laughs> do not clean a toilet do yeah. not clean a bathroom and I, and maybe I could see where this gets confusing and I would love your thoughts on this like I talk about in the book um, an example of um, I was working with a big producer and he was he said he said something really positive about one of the studio interns and and you know working in a studio is like very hurry up and wait. And it's a lot of hours and it's a lot of listening to like one drum sound. It's a lot of observation and and learning that way and not getting in the way. Um, But this intern like noticed like the recycling was overflowing and and took it out. And the artist slash producer was like, that was so thoughtful. I really appreciated that. Like to me, that's a nice gesture or seeing like, you know, a bookshelf unorganized. Definitely ask. We talk in the book being quote, you guys are usually told to be proactive, don't be proactive. <laughs> ask before you do anything. So if you see a messy bookshelf, maybe that's maybe that's how they want it. Probably not, but just ask if you can organize it. But I I mean Marley, do you see the difference between like observing? Like that's actually when you should be proactive, I think. Like you're interning the studio, you're there for a million hours and like, "Oh, the recycling is overflowing." Like, "Do you feel there's a difference between that and Kylie's scrubbing toilets. I have a guess on what company it is, but we'll talk about it later.
0: Oh yeah, there's definitely a difference. I mean, one, a recycling bin's not a toilet. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) as for the original question of being proactive versus communicating before doing an act, I would say if you've learned and you know based on your, not just your gut, but on the person that you're working for, that they would want you to do something and it seems right and ethical, I would say go for it. Like a recycling bin, it's good to recycle. I mean, toilets, like it's good to be
3: clean, but like. I don't know why there paid. isn't a cleaning
1: person, a yeah, paid cleaning a paid, person. That's that should be a
3: paid thing. Insane. But I like the comment about communication. Yeah. It's like yeah. that's actually a skill that I learned. And also like, It's like we want you to communicate too so like part of my job was like training new people and i like i knew that there were going to be things that they weren't going to know how to do yeah and like i really just like i would ask them all the time do you have questions can i help you with something they don't be like no but like if that's a good part. It's, like, definitely if you don't know something, like, it's okay. Yeah. If you know something, like, double check. Right. Because there might be, like, a different way to do something. Exactly. Or, like, maybe one day someone is, like, no, don't clean toilets. Like, do recycling instead.
5: <laughs> you know? Amazing. <laughs> well, no one else is cleaning it, and it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> it was gross. I thought, but, like... You should
1: tell them they get a cleaning person. Yeah, and also, like, I mean, that bothers me for so many reasons, but, you know, like part of the value of internships is observing and listening and being that environment. If you're in the bathroom, you're not gaining those. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't mind if you're doing something that might seem tedious and you're at a cool indie label or whatever. And you're like, you can hear phone calls and you're picking up industry terms and figuring out what to wear and who people are and stuff. But like, yeah, that's, that's, (laughs) that's some bullshit for sure. (laughs) Um, so let's talk about, um, what skills you learned at your internships or maybe like programs or like, you know, things that you took away from your internships that couldn't necessarily be taught in the classroom. Have you had any experiences like that?
5: Um, In the beginning, um, my first internship, I did learn a lot of photo editing um, skills because I had to put, you know, photographer credits on things to be posted online. Love it. So that was like really great. Um, And then as I've, I, those were like more general internships for companies in the beginning. And then as I started doing, you know, more specific internships, like A&R internships, mm-hmm. um, I, I learned so much from those, like, um, things that I couldn't imagine um, learning in the classroom, like, you know, how to find unsigned artists, you know, what to look for metrics-wise. Um, uh, also, like, you know, how to reach out to them. Just, like, so many... Like, so many skills that, like, are actually utilized in the real world, in a real job.
1: And just, like, I mean, college is kind of like this, but not really. Mm. Like, figuring out, like, showing up on time and, like, getting ready in the morning and taking the train. Mm -hmm. And
5: that's a lot. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So we touched briefly on balance, but I just want to bring that up again. Um, Is wellness and balance something any of you think about? Because you're at the age where you can get away with, I love Jill's facial expression right now, but you're at the age where you can get get away with a lot, but we really try um, to have a company culture of balance, of wellness, of open communication. So what do you guys do to stay sane amidst everything that's on your plate right now?
3: Um, yeah, no, without getting, like, too personal, I do have a couple, like, chronic conditions that, like, I deal with, um, and the best thing for me, um, is, like, just getting enough sleep, and, like, you know, you have to know when to shut your laptop, Mm -hmm. and, like, just turn off your phone, um, that's also an issue that I had with, like, the consulting, is that I, I felt like I was never, um like off the clock right so i feel like it's important especially like to not get overwhelmed Is like maybe finding something with like regular hours like you said there's nothing
1: with regular hours
3: well no but just like more regular than i mean i would get texts from my boss at like 2 a.m so (laughs) and i have thoughts on that (laughs) (laughs) and i wasn't prepared for that and um like i sometimes can't deal with that yeah um so it's like, and all that goes back to communication a little bit. It's like, if you can't deal with something or like you have something going on, like let them know.
1: Well, here's my comment on that. Did your boss expect you to respond at 2am? Yes, absolutely. That's fucked up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I felt like I was never off the clock. Yeah. So like getting enough sleep, um, nutrition, um, most people drink like coffee all the time without thinking right. I'm like the best thing for you is water. Yeah. Um, Love you it. should be drinking like water, like, and it's also free. Yeah. So,
1: exactly. You know. So, again, internships are such a great opportunity to figure out um, what you like, what you don't like, because I'm so glad. Well, I'm not glad you had that experience, but I'm glad you had it now versus yeah. when you're like graduating. Um, so, our company rule, um, we, we really have like one main company rule. Do you remember it?
0: Our company rule, communication. Yeah, so our rule another one that's or- okay
1: oh. pretty much our rule is you have to respond to all messages within 24 business hours mm-hmm. so if I send you something at four o'clock on a Friday mm-hmm. you have until four o'clock on Monday to do it um, if I text at 2 a.m maybe I'm in Japan maybe I'm in Europe or whatever I would never in a million years expect someone to get back to me in the middle of the night they have a full you know 24 business hours so I think it's really important um yeah to find that right company culture and and fit i was just a guest on a podcast where this topic came up and and we're talking about like people fully in the workforce um
5: and i think it's important to like know like your own limits as well i know personally i am so like excited by learning and you know all things music and music industry so i really really stack myself um full like i have like hardly any time to just like sit down and like take a breath um and last semester i i was juggling so many things and i knew that it was too much and so like Mm -hmm. i had to cut down on things this semester i made sure that you know i wasn't interning three times a week with 18 credits and doing three three, uh, ensembles and running clubs, you know, you know, like it's just too much. And I think like, it's okay to be like, it's better for me to like, you know, take it down a notch. Yep. Yeah.
1: That's really healthy. It's really mature. You guys are adults, but like adults suck at it, you know? And so if you can get in that habit, you know, especially like, I think I'm a relatively approachable boss, you know, especially if you have someone that you feel like you can communicate with, I recently had an intern fall off the radar. And so I checked in with her and I got this email like, oh, I'm so stressed with school and mental health and this and that. I shouldn't have to to poke for that. I I would way rather hear that and be like, okay, well, let's figure this out and like not do this or cut things down or whatever. So that's, but like I said, I've learned that the hard way as a professional when I've taken on too many clients or whatever. So... Um, But just try to be upfront and know that like, on one hand, I want you guys saying yes to everything and going to as many things as possible, but also be aware of your health and balance. So for example, I have a really busy week this week, as always. Um, Monday night, I was supposed to go to a listening party at WNYC with one of my artists. I just, I just couldn't do it. You know, I just texted her and I was like, I need a mental health night tonight. I knew she would totally understand. She was like, oh my gosh, no worries at all. You know, and it's like, that makes me better today. Or you have to know your own limits, even though I wanted to go to that. I wanted to meet those people and and they were, you know, going to feature my artists. But um, yeah, you just have to know your own limits.
0: I feel like from talking about limits and balance, you're always one of the people I think of that when i when i think of someone who knows how to do that you know because like you have you as an entrepreneur you've started so many different things like you have dream fuel and collected and i voted and along with that like you have your own activities like i know you do a lot of like yoga and meditation Mm -hmm. that definitely helps with wellness as well and so like with all those things i'm like emily does such a good job with all of it all the time and so it's really good to hear your insight on like how we can do it as well
1: yeah and thank you um and it, none of it's meant to be intimidating right like it took me i'm 35 years old it took me years to get to that point and you just have to adjust and not be too hard on yourself like you know if i'm traveling and i can't get a full workout in or whatever it's like that's fine but i'm still you know i've definitely like walked to plenty of meetings. Like I walk to meetings in LA all the time and that's like unheard of in Los Angeles. (laughs) Um, But that's what makes me feel good and it's nice out and it's flat and and whatever. Um, Well, to wrap up, let's open it up to questions. Um, Any questions, any of you want to know about the music industry, internships, my career, whatever? Um, I
5: feel like, you know, to be a good intern, you want to do all of like your tasks well and go, you know, be proactive while communicating to make sure it's okay ask
1: before doing right
5: um i've also been told a lot to you know try to be personal with you know your supervisors um to you know make a really good connection possibly get a mentor out of the experience um how would you say is like the best way to go about that
1: go about what getting a mentor or or building um, a network
5: Yeah, building like a more personal relationship, building a network.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I have a whole chapter in the book about networking, so I'm really glad that you brought it up because it's a really important topic. Um, As far as getting to know people, it's all about timing. So when I worked at Madison House, I remember, which is a management company where I got my management chops. There was an intern who sat next to me and he went over to one of the partners in the company who was also an attorney and would do conference calls on a Bluetooth headset. So you didn't always know when Kevin was on a call or not. And he just went up to Kevin in the middle of the day and started talking to him. And like, this may be illegal, but I like physically, like people can't see me, but I just like physically moved the intern back over by me and I was like so what was the thought process there and he's like well I want to network with Kevin which by the way you know and I was like probably in my early 20s network with me I'm your supervisor I'm the one that can help you Kevin's married and has kids now and has eight million things going on but my point is I said to him you know 11 a.m. on a Tuesday is not the time to try to get into kevin come to one of our shows talk to him about fish and kevin morris will talk to you for hours um so you have to pick your moments and they don't necessarily have to be at a show although going to as many company events as possible is highly encouraged um but wait till like you know thursday afternoon or friday you know when things are a little slower um i just had a guest on who works at usa swimming and he's also worked at some big sports agencies And he was like, if someone's running, I mean, this sounds like cliche, but if someone's running by you with like stacks of papers and looks really stressed out, that's not the moment to be like, so how'd you get your career (laughs) started? So that's such an important part of interning is just being like picking up that intuition of like, when is a good time? I do think a great question to ask also in interviews when they ask if you have more questions is how did you get your start at this company because people love talking about themselves so it's an ego boost but it's also really good information for you. So just just like you would with classmates like just be genuine and as much as I hear universities telling students to be proactive and I add ask before doing really what you should be doing is making yourself indispensable. You know? So which you did cleaning those toilets, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Um, but do every task that you're doing as well as you can understand how it plugs into the bigger picture because legally it should, that, that one doesn't. Um, yeah. And, and like I said, just go to as many things as you can and just be mindful about when you're having you know, those interactions, as well as like when you're asking for more stuff, you know, like we, we had a new intern start like last week. I haven't, I mean, she's doing stuff. Someone else is working with her, but like, I have stuff for her. I'm just so busy. I haven't had time yet, you know, so we'll get there.
3: I love asking this question because like, actually, I just read an article last night for a class about the numbers and statistics have finally come in for like how Um, much disparity there is between men and and women in the music industry. And, like, obviously the results were skewed towards men. Yeah. So, like, um, what has your experience been as, like, a woman? Like, do people treat you differently? Do you think it's harder for you because you're a woman in this industry? Um, Just want to know, like, your thoughts. For sure.
1: Great question. So here's the good news. Um, The music industry is extremely progressive. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't see gender um, until I got older. That's when some sexism can really kick in. So the good, and I've worked in tech and other things. Tech is a nightmare for women. Um, It made the music industry look like a magical land of sensitive men, because that's what it is. Like they all (laughs) love music. Um, The two places where it's extremely difficult for women, and I'm so glad Marley is doing the work that she's doing is, um, one, at the executive level for at major labels and agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that's starting to change, because I think there's starting to be some awareness. Yeah. Um, I'm not super corporate, so that's just not really been, been an issue for me. But for the women who are at major labels and are at major agencies, like that sucks. And then shout out to this podcast awesome producer, Amy. Um, I was on a panel with Amy in Milwaukee and she said that one, this is the the stuff Marley's doing. Um, She said 1% of audio engineers are women. 99% are men. And so that is where I see a lot of sexism is in audio, you know, touring, guitar tech, stuff like that. And... You just have to break through it you have to you know you have to be yourself you have to be confident but to be fair you know in this group we have you know including myself five women and matt
0: <laughs>
4: well i
2: mean like the hofstra music business program is i would say 80 percent women yeah and 20 maybe 25 mm-hmm. percent like and then even at like a lot of my internships so far it's a lot of Women,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, the um, future is female. So yeah, it's, it's kind of
2: it's kind of cool so that's not really the case in every industry.
1: Yeah, but so on one hand, like be yourself. Try to forget about gender, yeah. which is so hard, but be really aware when you're trying to get a job, when you're negotiating a salary. And that's where you know you have advisors and resources and things like that. Like that's, I don't want to see people get stuck at the intern or assistant level. On one hand, be yourself. On the other, be aware when it comes to getting a job and negotiating, but know that it's sadly so much worse in law, even in academia, in tech, It's, it's a problem everywhere. I will say this, as much as I love my sensitive music industry men, I've had to call out a few conferences recently that have had all male panels.
0: Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, actually, and yeah. it was like you like mentioned it in the Slack, and it was low key eating me up alive when I was there. And I, because I just thought it was so ironic because I believe we had eleven people go to the summit, and like the panelists were all male, but nine out of the eleven students that went were female. Yeah, and I was like wondering if everyone noticed. I didn't. Like, and I it don't truly.
1: Get it. This is kind of an extreme word, but like it truly scares me when I see all male panels in the music industry, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, if our progressive male peers don't get that that's messed up, then what about all these other fields? Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm so grateful. It's like, I'm on the board of Future of Music, their summit. They put tons of thought into like women, people of color on, on panels. So it's like, I'm used to that mentality. But when I don't see it, I just call it out and I'm on South by Southwest board, which means I judge the panel submissions and they literally have us downgrade all white male panels. And sorry if I get in trouble for this South by Southwest, but. There were like two where I knew the people super well and knew they were a really good person. And so I just texted and said, uh, heads up, I'm, you know, judging the South by panels and they tell us to downgrade all white male panels. And there was all these excuses like we realized at the last minute, but, you know, like, yeah. should I contact someone and change it? But the reason I call them out, especially if I know them, is to make that point. So we got to wrap up because we have to give up this classroom and <laughs> yeah. go back to work and life. But thank you all so much. This was really special. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming. Thank you for yeah, my pleasure. So that's a wrap on whatever episode I said this was, 10, 11. We're getting there. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Interning 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily White. You can follow us anytime over on Twitter at Interning 101, as well as on our website, interning101.com. I'm on Twitter at EMWizzle. Hit us up anytime if you have questions, comments, guest suggestions, or just want to get something off your mind. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.